When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Better Stuff Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. And you know, gals, I was thinking, I always just breezed through that intro, and it never occurred to me to think, are those your real names? Because you really never know. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, George Santos' former roommate went on TV yesterday saying he never lived with anyone by that name. Wow. I didn't see that one. I got to add that to my list for tonight. That is... um. Who did he, what name did he live with? I think it was like the Devin Holder one, but every day, I mean, it's like, I've, I don't even know. It's like, do we do daily Santos lie updates? It's just ever expanding. Oh, you are perfect. I'm doing it like in Banshees of Inna Sharon until he resigns. I'm going to drop an embarrassing fact about him. Although he's not, he doesn't, the capacity for embarrassment doesn't exist. A fact that to the normal non-sociopathic human would be deeply shameful if even one of them were to be revealed about us. To me, that was the hallmark that he was never never Jewish. Like we're a people that we feel deep shame about about everything. So the fact that this man had no shame, I'll be honest, immediately not. The second that the things about his business came out, I knew he wasn't Jewish. I wasn't like (laughs) fundamentally questioning his identity at all before Uh like uh all of that. But once all of the lies about his resume resume came out, I knew that the Jewish thing was a lie too because so many constituents in that district are Jewish. And that was obviously just like another fabrication to try to get people. And it worked. 142,000 mm-hmm. of them. Shocking. I mean, even this roommate, I'm reading more about the roommate interview and he's he's just sort of like, I don't understand like how this happened. Why did nobody ask any questions? Everything this guy said was a lie. And he stole my scarf and wore it to the insurrection. Oh. Right. That is actually my favorite new fact that he, the scarf he wore to the insurrection was stolen. Why did nobody ask questions? People did. And they're, yeah. and that is a, an issue with the loss of local journalism, mm-hmm. I would say, to be honest, yeah. because this is, this was a question of resources. Like you just mm-hmm. needed one mm-hmm. guy at fucking Newsday, which is the local paper <laughs> on Long Island, yeah. to, to come out with this, which should have been able to happen. New York, the, the theme of this of today's episode is definitely that New York is in its flop era. But, you know, this made me think, did it you is. guys ever have a name when you were younger, when you were like, I don't know, I was always like, I'm going to be a Hollywood actress and I'm going to obviously have to change my name because 
I don't even really have that much of a clunker of a last name compared to like, you know, what it could be. But I, I, I always decided that my middle name's May. So I decided that if I was going to be a Hollywood actress, I was going to go by Amanda Mayford. I thought that was oh, really classy. Wow. And now I'm like, I would never change my last name. My kids are having my clunker of a last name. But uh, Caitlin, did you ever have a name when you were younger that you were like, when the minute I t- turn 18, I'm changing it? No, I I was a very strong like you my name was was perfectly picked, um, yeah. So I in fact I actually was spent a lot of time fighting against people shortening my name. There's only like one person out there who's allowed to shorten my name. Do people call you Kate? Um, no, no, people do not call me Kate. <laughs> Katie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my There's god! One Imagine not who a Katie. Me Katie. Kate. Yeah, oh, that's, wow. it's just bizarre. That has it never fe- occurred to me. It feels super weird. Um, I have one person who calls me Katie, and he's the man who named me, so he's the only person who's allowed to. That's really cute. It's not my dad. Oh, who is it? It's my godfather. He he told my parents one day, he's like, what about Caitlin? Because they were wondering about names, and he mentioned it, and they were like, that sounds actually really perfect. And so I was named Caitlin. That's, that's how that happened. So he picked it and then he was like, actually, second thought. We're going to <laughs> I no, reserve the right to tweak. <laughs> he, re- yeah. he reserves the right to tweak. He's the only one who's allowed to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, I think the only other time uh, – well, I will say, when I went away to boarding school, the first year I was like, I'm going to be a new person. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to carry all of my old stuff you know, from, from seventh grade. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I thought that every so, year. Yeah. I went by K for, for a year. And it was K-A-Y. And I went by that for a year. And then I was like, we'll never do this again. So mm-hmm. there was a brief moment where there is a name change. Um, but I've always like, yeah, that was that was a mistake. I realized really quickly, like, I, I actually like keeping my, my full name going. Mm-hmm. Sammy, K-Bird did you have a fantasy cool. name? Yeah, that's great. There's no um, wrong way to go with any variation other than I think, you know, Katie, just because I don't think it tracks for you. Katie bird there I feel like there is a Katie bird maybe a different one no there definitely is it just it's not it's there she might have written for Jezebel I don't know (laughs) might 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 be a but but it it was spelled uh oh it was Katie Weaver but it was spelled C-A-I-T-Y and it was just a very different Kate energy there's so many variations when you when you really explore this uh, maybe an extra extra episode on all the all the different variations. Um, I didn't. I just didn't really like love my name. I was always yeah. sort of like in crisis about like the nickname, the spelling, the spelling mm-hmm. of the nickname. Ultimately, <laughs> I crisis. just kept returning to Sammy, um, and couldn't get away from it. And um, you iconically have the Instagram handle Sammy. Well, now it's now we're done. Now yeah. we can't unless <laughs> I'm like joining a witness protection program. We are sticking with it. Which isn't out of the question, given some of your instincts. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully not. Um, we'll have to wipe this if that does happen. Yeah. Um, I just never liked my, you know, my uh, last name, which was Fishbine. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to have to fix this later, but we'll mm-hmm. deal with it post-marriage or maybe I won't even need to deal with it like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I probably would have just stuck with it, but yeah. I never liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, I mean. What about you? 
I, yeah, mine was Amanda Mayford, but I would only change my, I always said I would only change my last name to Cohen. I really like that last name. And so uh, did I. I was like, really? why can't I just be a normal last name, like a Cohen? Because it's Goldman. just like, listen, not, to, yeah, Goldman. Yeah. When you're like, you know, a young Jewish girl and you maybe have a clunker of a last name or you feel like you do, it's just like Cohen's just so beautiful and pretty. And now I love my last right. name, but uh, also, like, I love Jin too. For me, I was just like, why do uh, Jin is cool? I was like, why do I want to like invoke fish? With like my last yeah. name, that that to me was like the worst offense. But yeah, whatever. All names are beautiful. We're past All names it. are beautiful. Yes, even yeah. even Andrew Devin Holder or whatever that fucker's name. Devolder. Devolder. Thank you. Thank you. Famously, I only read the news, and Samly mainly watches it. So. <laughs> Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits healthier hair and skin. Yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Today's show also begins with a deranged man with conservative conspiratorial leanings orchestrating an attack on Democratic lawmakers. And I suppose I should be more specific. Yesterday, I was chatting with Sammy about how, like, I just feel like we still should be talking about Paul Pelosi. The poor man can't go to a social engagement without covering his head. And every time I see those, I'm just like, God, this old, this is an old couple that they came after. And it's just, this is sort of, you know, in the same, in the same genre. So what happened here? 
was that a failed Republican candidate for the New Mexico State House was arrested for allegedly paying four men to shoot at the homes of four elected officials. He also is accused of pulling the trigger himself in at least one of those shootings. The officials included the House Speaker, a state senator, and county commissioners, the latter of which certified the election result. Though 39-year-old Solomon Pena paid the men $500, that's all it took for you to shoot at a home, 500 bucks to shoot at the homes, like at them. But then he was like, but, but go lower. So it's like, what do you mean shoot at them? It's a shooting. You're shooting at people. And in one case, bullets went through the walls of a 10-year-old girl's bedroom while she was sleeping. That girl's mother is State Senator Linda Lopez. And she said in the middle of the night, her daughter came to her in the night to say that she felt like a spider had crawled on her face. And when they looked, it was actually sheetrock dust because from when the bullet had uh, tore through the 10-year-old's wall. Several of the targets included lawmakers who, this part's really creepy, Solomon Pena had visited in the days prior to insist the election had been stolen from him. So this is really exactly what people like us have been warning about. It's like when you when you put this in people's minds, it's inc- incredibly dangerous, especially paired with the proliferation of guns in the country. It's like, no, let's just go shoot at them. It's like you, if you're going to shoot at something, you're very likely to kill somebody. Well, I think the shooters, my understanding of the story was that the people he paid we're like, let's just do some like warning shots to yeah, scare yeah. them. And Pena was like, no, shoot at 8 p.m. Gotcha. At the windows when people won't be lying down because he wants them. To, and the quote in the paper was like to something like to get the intended effect of the shooting. So these are I assassination attempts, which I'm not really seeing reported anywhere or like With not quite because of liability, maybe. Got but it. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. here's my question like, this is where you. The line between like active, intentional, authoritarian moves and mental illness, they Mm -hmm. start to sort of like converge and combine. Mm -hmm. And you're like, is this guy just like absolutely out of like, out of like a, a, is this a sanity problem? Or is Mm -hmm. he perfectly sane and he knows that he's just sort of pushing the boundary for election for challenging elections. I'm kind of inclined to say like the latter. I'm not going to like excuse this, to be honest. Yeah. What do you think, Caitlin? He was going to, he was trying to be an elected official, so he can't argue that he's not sane. He'll try. (laughs) You know, like, like he's compos mentis enough to decide that he should be in charge of things and representing (laughs) people in government. So, like, in theory, what he's saying is trust my judgment. That's mm-hmm. what the purpose mm. of elected people is. And it's also why the election theft narrative is so dangerous and so damaging. Because elections are the only way we can express our desires from government. It's the only control that we as regular people have over our government. And if they're being subverted, if they're – this is – We are seeing thousands, hundreds of small coups taking place over and over and over again. You have to understand that what you're telling people when an election is stolen is that authority has been taken from them and that there's no way to get it back and it's being used to continue to stifle them. There aren't a lot of uh, peaceful resolutions to things like that. You know, there's not a lot of peaceful resolution to, oh, we took the power that you're supposed to have over your government. And and this is why it it's not quite, I agree with, with Sammy that there is a certain amount of like mental illness converging 
But that's also the point of like creating these narratives is that people who struggle to have space between reality and intent are going to make these things mix because they're being told that they're in an existential fight over whether or not their government is going to represent them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like people that are, that have like mental illness that makes them especially prone to conspiracy theories and they're just being delivered this very animating wide scale conspiracy theory. I feel like a lot of these, especially men, I mean, I don't think this is a white man, but they're just waiting to be told, yes, something is being taken from you wrongly. They need, they've wanted to hear that their whole lives. And this is just the perfect opportunity. And this is just, it pisses me off so much. I mean, obviously it's, 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 it's horrifying, but it's like, if I were a, um, a democratic mom in New Mexico thinking about running for office and I saw this, I would think again, and that's intimidation. Like I, I'm going to be honest, and like my like this woman's daughter saying like a fucking bullet went through, went through her wall, and it's just like we're telling all these women run for office, run for office. Only we can change it. While this is happening, and it's that to me, that's just the great tragedy of it. Right. It should not be a physical threat to, to be a county commissioner. Like, yeah. Exactly. Totally. Because these are things that people do, maybe not county commissioner. It's hard for me to keep track, but like a lot of local government jobs people do on top of their, you know, full-time jobs. You know, it's not like George Santos, literally, if he resigns, he's got no job. Yeah. And I mean, they're not, you know, a lot of these jobs are very low paid and you're right. Like they are on top of people's full-time jobs. And it's also just like, when has that ever been considered a dangerous role? Like there's no secret service for them. Right, exactly. It's never been a dangerous role. Like, there's not a Parks and Rec episode where a county commissioner is shot at in her child's uh, in her child's room. Maybe they need a reboot. Yeah, uh, Bridget just sent me like an interview with um, Julia Louis Dreyfus, where she said she had been offered potentially like uh, reviving Selena Myers, and she's just like, "We can't." Like, the reality is too. How do you revive Selena Myers when like <laughs> they're serial liars in Congress? Yeah, the hardest job right now is working, writing, writing politics Absolutely. jokes for the Onion. <laughs> unbelievably, that has to be the hardest job. Like every day, you wake up and it's like I have to find a way of uh, highlighting absurdity in the system, but it can't be so close to reality that people actually think it's real. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, that's I would I would just wake up miserable every morning. I was literally before you came on, Sammy. I read a headline from HuffPost that said like Texas Republican asks for a food made of aborted fetuses to be labeled. There is no food made of aborted fetuses. That's <laughs> just putting it out there. These people are so perverse. With They're the fucking disgusting. They yeah, they it's... are going to attack like Gwyneth Paltrow for her placenta smoothies, though. Like, fine, shit, it's going to get better. You're see like a whole <laughs> bunch of women who like want to eat their after birth being like stopped like sorry it's made of you're like there's an actual human child (laughs) we all dread the what should we have for dinner question i mean i know i do i love a home-cooked meal but i don't always have the time energy or groceries to make it happen being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to home chef over the other guys Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready 
in less than 30 minutes. Oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes. Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. For the rest of the show, like I said, New York is in its flop era. So today we're going to discuss some controversy involving New York Governor Kathy Hochul's appointment of Hector LaSalle to lead the New York Court of Appeals, which is the state's highest court. So this is a New York story, but it's broken into the national conversation. And for me, I think it's an interesting example of where Democrats disagree on like what a moderate is and how moderates need to expect more pushback as progressives, I think, are like kind of emboldened by the election results in the past couple of years. Like people are on our side on things like abortion and workers' rights and labor. So lots of background here that I will read through before we discuss. The New York State Senate Judiciary Committee will hold a hearing on her pick today of Hector LaSalle, Kathy Hochul's pick. And it's going to be the first time we hear from him publicly since his nomination and the reaction. It's happening right now. The vote might be happening right now. By the time you listen to this, they might have already voted on whether to block or proceed with his nomination. They have never rejected a governor's pick. And Kathy Hochul says that even if the committee rejects him, she's going to try to make something happen to get a vote to the full Senate floor. There's some... Lawsuit she thinks that she can file that she's like, nope, I'm fine. I'll I'll, t- I'll overtake that committee. And the risk there is, you know, not only um, going over the committee's heads, but she, you know, this guy's pretty unpopular with Democrats. So she's going to be put in the position of making deals with Republicans to get those votes. And we are talking about, you know, New York State. So some background here. Kathy Hochul was apparently given, you know, Kathy Hochul had a tough re- reelection and she really asked for a lot of help from a lot of people. So then when she won, she was given a list of seven candidates to choose from, and Hector LaSalle was considered to be the most conservative. This guy isn't a conservative. He's, you know, considered more of a moderate, but the most conservative of the list she was given. And people told her, please no. Fifty, A group of 50 professors asked her not to choose him. There were other groups that said this is not the best pick. Like, why squander your goodwill and all the political capital that, like, you need to, you know, return to the people that just got you elected? But she chose him. And um, it, it it ended up, you know, as controversial as I think she was warned about. She has since focused mainly on the historic nature of LaSalle's nomination. He would be the first Latino to be a chief judge on the State Court of Appeals, and he would also be the first person of Puerto Rican descent on that court, to lead that court. Many New York progressives strongly agree with this 
choice. They point to a selection of cases that they say symbolize LaSalle's incompatibility with the more progressive legal interpretations that most New Yorkers, I think, want to see. Like, we're, we're a pretty blue state. Specifically, they say he leans too conservative on the issues of labor, abortion rights, and due process. And this nomination is, you know, it's really split New York Democrats. A lot of prominent leaders are saying that his his record has been misrepresented. He's become a victim to these purity tests. You have Hakeem Jeffries joining Kathy Hochul to, um, to uplift him. And I've heard a couple other primarily um, state leaders of Latino background, not all of them, plenty of Latinos oppose him to saying that they feel like he's been held to an unfair standard because he's a man of color. So just a few more details about those specific cases. The one about abortion rights it actually relates more to abortion rights groups. So in 2010, LaSalle agreed to subvert a New York attorney general office's investigation into pregnancy crisis centers. So the AG was looking into whether the center, the center in particular, was practicing healthcare without a license. But LaSalle blocked that office from accessing documents it had subpoenaed. It had subpoenaed lots of materials about the crisis pregnancy center, including donor lists. And, you know, there have been some supporters of Hector LaSalle's that say, like, well, you know, pro-choice groups wouldn't want their donor lists shared anyway either. But I think it's sort of the sum of – I think there's more to it than than that. But, you know, his supporters say that this was about the First Amendment and not his views on abortion. But repro rights activists say that New York just can't risk a, a nominee who is – ever ruled in favor of anti-abortion rights groups, especially when this position would have him overseeing the entire state judiciary, which is 3,000 state and local judges for a 14-year term. Finally, the other cases that have prompted a strong response from most of the state's biggest unions is one basically that allowed, people say allowed, for unions to intimidate union leaders. So a lot of a lot of background there and the cases that people have picked are, are, are kind of specific, but you know, Caitlin, you're you're the pro at New York politics. What else is at play here? Is this just about the two cases? Is it about the recent context of the makeup of the court? What is this really a conversation about? Or is it specifically about Hector LaSalle? It's really about that the composition of the court. Um, I think it's also, you have to consider that last year Dobbs happened and judiciary became a focus for a lot more people. Uh, in addition the decision to strike the maps that would have given New York Democrats uh, a very safe districts um, and basically made it impossible for like George Santos to win. Mm -hmm. um, also were struck by those courts that had been packed. And you think, well, packed by whom? Like Democrats run the state. Well, the answer is, is that um, for a long time, first of all, New York has recently, as 2000, had a Republican governor mm -hmm. and uh, had Republican mayor in New York City, Republican governor in the state house, George Pataki, and had a Republican state senator, Al D'Amato. So we actually yeah. had like a lot of Republicans not that far that's back. That's true. Uh, that's number one. And number two, uh, once Democrats started to take over, they spent enormous amounts of time as a, someone would call it hippie punching. There was a lot of effort to basically marginalize their democratic base over and over again. Uh, so this is all coming through because Democrats and specifically Andrew Cuomo put a lot of more conservative members on that court. It blew up in everyone's faces. And now we're living with the consequences. Uh, and finally, I wanted to mention something else about LaSalle, uh, that he uh, ruled that you can strike 
dark skinned women yeah. from uh, jury pools in voir dire. And the entire court of appeals above him unanimously yeah. struck that decision. And they were like, I'm sorry, you can't consider. He's like, oh, yeah, he was uh, like dark skin. skin. Colors. Dark skin was- isn't a protected class. Like, yes, I think famously yes, it-, it is. <laughs> yes, it, it literally is. Oh, it's boy. something called a Batson standard. And it was actually a really serious problem because that's. You'll be unsurprised to know that they kept using it to strike <laughs> black jurors whenever there were cases. And weirdly enough, I, I don't know if you know this, uh, black people get sentenced more harshly. And the darker you are, the worse that process is. So, yeah. 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 I guess I don't totally understand why she picked him. Yeah. Like other than maybe some back back. I think that's what people are saying now is that like this makes – not a lot of sense other than she felt like she had some obligation to fulfill that like there are lots of ways to be making a, a historic nomination is obviously not, you know, like it's bullshit. worth, worth, worth having like a conservative person on the justice. So, you know, I've definitely seen a lot of people saying like, who does she owe? What is this about? And now it's like, I don't know this man. Maybe he's an asshole, but she's put him in a bad position too to potentially be voted against. This was never a good pick. Like, I think there's this sort of like, especially in the judiciary, there's like a certain way that things have gone and a certain path. And once you, you know, check all these boxes, you're entitled to the next one, which is, you know, chief of the appeals. And it's like, well, actually attitudes have changed and people aren't going to tolerate, like people are going to pay, pay attention to the, and he's like, his supporters are saying, you know, this is just three out of his sort of like 5,000 cases, but he also really hasn't authored much personally. And it's like, okay, what are we supposed to go off of if not the things that you do? It's just so bizarre that Kathy Hochul put herself in this position again for needing to call on national Democrats to support her and then potentially like make deals with Republicans to get this person through because at this point her calculus is probably that, you know, it would cost more to withdraw it. The people who, I mean, the people who are like, it's only three of his decisions and thousands. It's like, well, have you ever canceled anybody for the one tweet where they said the N-word? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the whole point. Like, you just showed yourself in that. Like, you were just – that's all that yeah. – that's the whole point. When but, you rob when you yeah. rob somebody, you don't say, judge, it was just one bad decision out of all of them. Like, Right. Like, that's not uh, – yeah. Deterrence wouldn't – there would be no laws. It just – anyway. I just feel like – this belies to me how not actually like progressive New York is. And I know that it's like blue state. It's yeah. a given like, yes, because there are populations in New York who they're not going to vote for the Republicans. So they're just going to vote for the Democrats. But in reality, like New York is the seventh circle of socially mm-hmm. progressive and fiscally conservative. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that is what New York kind of really is. So I think that this is like a reflection of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eric Adams is mayor of New York, you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. let's He was at the fucking border wall this week. What is yeah. happening? Are, why yeah. are our He's politicians so embarrassing? I think Millie had an idea and I don't know how we could execute it, but it would be very fun if like, like a New York LA face-off, but how we're both in our flop era, like who's worse, like their city council stuff. I mean, thank God they, 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 they delivered fun. Karen Bass. So um, they've yeah. got they had elections more recently and were able to fix it. Uh, yeah. I, I think 
I mean, the good news is Eric Adams won by half a percent in uh, ranked choice voting. So mm-hmm. the chances that he successfully pulls off another inside street where people don't understand how the system works and don't understand that you can vote for multiple people and definitely don't understand, like his coalition is like this narrow. I kind of wondering what, what the hell he's doing. But um, as long as somebody mentally competent is running against him next time. <laughs> You're pretty much guaranteed. Not somebody unleashing feral cats on Elise's well, block. I mean, <laughs> that's New York politics is a weird place. I know. You know, I know. like it's what to say. Like, yeah. But as long as there's somebody reasonable who's going to to run against him, uh, Eric Adams has got this one term as mayor, which is, I suppose, why he's trying to facilitate mm-hmm. like a uh, uh, escape from New York style policing. Um. You know, just turn the entire city into a jail. Uh, so <laughs> well, then why is he? Get, why isn't he at the border on Long Island? You know, there's a border. It's Manhattan. Yeah, we're all the Hudson River is a. It's just like why? Why are you at the Texas border? You have a border, sir. Yeah, I know New it's York's so funny. Famous for kind of a, uh, being the first city that most. People get to anyway. The, well, it's like also, please stop sending migrants to blue states, also, and then fucking New York mayor is going to the border wall. Also, go to Le, go go to JFK. That's where they're coming. Like I thought, I think that that's where you know if he really yeah. wants to do something. Like people, wasn't that the whole visas. point that the wall doesn't work because people fly? Like if you really care about this and not just about performance art, which this is, you would be not doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to Hochul and Democrats here kind of being not progressive, kind of being this group of people that think that I, I have no idea why. Um, Kathy Hochul, this needs to be said a million times, barely won against Lee Zeldin, who's a terrible person. And it wasn't because, oh, you know, Lee Zeldin like somehow initiated some huge wave or there's all these Republican votes who were up for grabs for her, but then she she neglected them. What happened was Democrats stayed home. Democrats were like, I don't give a fuck about you, Kathy. And the last, the thing that dragged her across the line, as she was huge lodestone of political awfulness that she is at this point, is, you know, was dragged across the line by Working Families Party actually activating at the last second and doing their organizing and turning out their voters and getting people to, to actually remember that there's a governor on the ballot and it's important. And, yeah, and progressives, like real progressives being like, yeah, she's not her favorite choice, but this is the other one. Really activating for her, like going to bat for her. And like it is one of those things where it's like we did too. And I never want to feel embarrassed for having supported a candidate on SEP. And that's – I mean that's yeah. – I wonder if because she had that fuck up with her lieutenant governor too. And it's like is nobody doing research on the people you choose? I mean something needs to get fixed there. I wonder if just after that selection she didn't want to double down or they're – friends and she has a sense that he you know deserves it it's a generational thing i tried to peek on twitter about how the hearing's going and people seem pretty frustrated like they're getting the answers that they thought they would and not you know much clarity but you know if they decide to block it then she's going to be taking some some interesting um unprecedented moves to get him through which uh we didn't elect the first woman mayor of new york for her to take historic moves to push through somebody who has supported anti-abortion groups like i'm willing to accept um, his supporters saying, look, he's not anti-abortion. But I'm also with people that are like, if the unions are saying this is anti-union, I'm, I'm going to believe the unions. Like if the anti-abortion groups are saying we're scared of this guy, I'm going to take their, I'm going to heed that, you know? 
if he continues giving reasons why black people should be struck from juries. Yeah. Sorry. I just, that should be I, top of the list. Just, okay. The Legal Defense Fund came out against him. The NAACP Legal Defense Fund was like, no, not yep, him. Yep. You know, that's, that's a blink. That's immediate. Like, okay, that's that. That's that. That's that. It's done. It's it's just done. There's no more discussion to be had when the NAACP Legal Defense Fund comes out against a candidate. It just should be an open and shut case. So it's like kind of weird. She's fighting so hard. Yeah, absolutely. We will be watching it and updating you, of course. That is our show for today. Until the end of Democracy, for Sammy Sage and Caitlin Bird, I'm Amanda Duberman, and this is The Bet Yourself Podcast. The Bet Yourself Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.